Hello and welcome to Dare to Know, interviews with quality and reliability thought leaders. I'm Tim Rogers, and today I'm pleased to welcome Ray Harkins. Ray Harkins is a senior manufacturing professional with over 25 years of experience in manufacturing engineering, quality management, and business analytics. He's written extensively for national trade publications, and he founded the Manufacturing Academy, where he's taught over 11,000 students on the topics of quality engineering, business, finance, and career management. Ray Harkins, welcome and thanks for joining us. Well, it's great to join you, Tim. Ray, can you tell us a little bit more about the Manufacturing Academy and why you started it? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I started the Manufacturing Academy in September of 2017, really with the mission of providing low-cost online training opportunities for manufacturing professionals. And, and it's also a venue for blogging and writing for those trade publications you mentioned and, and collaborating with other uh, manufacturing professionals. You know, I, I've been a, a fan of online learning for many, many years. And some of these learning platforms that are uh, popping up in, over the last decade or so. And really, the reason I started it almost by accident was I, I was just such a fan of Salman Khan and all the work he's done at the Khan Academy. And uh, now, as we're in this uh, coronavirus, parents with children may know the Khan Academy even better than ever, uh, ever because uh, Salman Khan started out with a very simple teaching process where he had basically a black screen and he wrote on it with uh, colored pens and he shows you how to solve algebra equations and trigonometry and, and this sort of thing. And, you know, way back in five, six years ago, I just really enjoyed uh, his, his skill and, and his presentation. And I, and I really just wanted to imitate that. So learn how he did it. So I basically bought the simple pen tablet and some software and I just made a class which uh, became what is today uh, Mastering the Seven Quality Tools. And I just published it out on YouTube and just almost forgot about it. And a couple months later, I went back to check some comments and see how it was doing. I realized I had over 2,500 people had viewed my class. So it got wow. me thinking there must be a need, there must be a demand for this type of education. So I turned that into my first class, which I published on udemy.com, one of these learning platforms. And it's been a great success. You know, Since then, I've published a total of 14 classes. And as you mentioned, over 11,000 students on all sorts of things, the, the business finance, the manufacturing. You know, my, my core training is in quality, so I lean that way. But, uh, but I love manufacturing and I love sharing what I've learned and picked up with other professionals. You know, Ray, it, it, well, the folks, uh, folks who are manufacturing professionals, quality professionals, they've, they've already got a fair amount of education and probably a fair amount of experience as well. Can you, can you say a little bit about the need for continuing education for these folks? Oh, absolutely. You know, there's, there's drivers here in that that would lead a professional to seek more uh, training, more education. And the biggest, most obvious driver is technology. I mean, more so than ever, the diversity of paths and, and the acceleration that those paths are coming at us, that technology is offering, 
you, you absolutely have to continue your training if you're going to stay relevant. Uh, data analytics and robotics and uh, these uh, advanced ERP systems, as they continue to transform manu manufacturing, professionals are going to have to continuously learn and upskill if, if they want to stay in the game. And, and, and really, aside from the technology too, though, there's your personal motivation. I mean, people want more out of your career. And I advise people all the time, you know, look at your skill set and look at where you want to be and, and do those two match. Uh, how are you going to close that gap? You know, in, in my field where I work with a lot of engineers, it's common for engineers to want to move into management, but so much of engineering management is ROI analysis and project management and team building. And, and these are skills that even the best engineers aren't likely to pick up naturally, but you have to focus on those. You have to learn those skills. You know, uh, I, I think of it this way. E each year, my wife and I make decisions about our home. You know, what needs painted, what needs replaced, what needs upgraded. You know, if, if we don't do that, our, our house is going to fall apart. Well, our careers are the same way. You know, the, the days of front loading your education as a young adult and then just relying on experience and on the job training, I don't think that's going to serve today's professionals very well. You have to reinvest some of your money, some of your time, your energy into your career so that it retains its value for your lifetime. Really, that's the model I follow, and, and, and it's, just a, it's just a must, more so than ever. You have to reinvest in your career if you want to stay relevant. Uh, Ray, I really like the way you put that. I think it is very important that people invest and think of it in those terms. It's, it's, a, it's an investment in their future, an investment in their career. Ray, why do you think, um, why aren't people getting this from traditional universities or traditional, you know, colleges, kind of the, uh, the traditional model for ed education. Are those traditional, uh, uh, you know, platforms uh, effective? Are they working well to serve this need? Um, yes, in some sense, absolutely they are. I mean, traditional universities remain the cornerstone of higher education and research and and they're fabulous the institutions. I'm in, I'm in attending graduate school right now. So they do an excellent job in serving a piece of those educational needs. The problem is that there's barriers to entry. And the one obvious barrier is finances. I mean, colleges and universities are expensive. So there's this barrier to entry where a lot of smart, energetic people just can't get over the hurdle because of the cost. Another obvious bar barrier is, is the time constraints with family and kids and community obligations. Uh, fitting your educational needs into these set, you know, 15-week blocks of time may not serve everybody. So they do a fabulous job for those that they serve well. But I think there's a lot of people left outside that, that really aren't being served by those traditional universities. You know, Ray, it also seems like traditional universities try to try to uh, shoehorn people into a degree program, maybe a certificate program, when in fact, fact, what these professionals might be looking for is just a single a single class or a series of classes about a specific topic. They're not really interested in pursuing another degree, and they're not they don't really need. They'd like to be able to mix and match a little bit. D does that make sense? 
Oh, absolutely. I, we are definitely moving into more of a skills-based economy and skills-based uh, hiring uh, and employment patterns here. You know, uh, I, I went to uh, college. I was a roommate with a college uh, friend of mine for several years, and he was a jazz guitar major. And I, and I thought, this guy had a 4.0, and I'm struggling with like a 3.2 in engineering, you know. And uh, I, I asked him, like, why are you even in college, you know? He says, you know, I'm never going to go to a band, you know, rehearsal and show them my degree. They want to know what can I do that plug in. Let's hear what you got, you know. And, and it's a it's a obvious example that a degree doesn't get you into a lead guitar in a band, you know. But but so many other fields are turning that same direction where it's what can you do? What skills do you possess? And not so much where did you get those from? And I think we're seeing it probably the, the leaders in that area would be technology. So it seems as though, and I'm not a computer programmer, and I'm just so-so with tech, but you know, the, the pace of technology is, as we mentioned, is, is outpacing even what universities can keep up with. So they've shifted their, a lot of their attention to just do you have the skills, whether you picked it up on YouTube, you picked it up on a, a learning platform, however you got it, do you have it? So I think we're seeing more and more of this shift toward the skills base. So, so like what you said, for someone that's not even interested in pursuing a degree, uh, that uh, motivation is lining up more and more with what, what I think the, a lot of the job market is, is demanding anyhow. So basically what we're saying is the students are, they're, they're acquiring these skills because they see the value in having these skills. They see the value in being able to apply these skills as opposed to pursuing a, a piece of paper that they can, uh, they can put on a, a job application or their, their LinkedIn profile. It's, it's more about satisfying their own desire for skill development rather than trying to satisfy somebody else's re requirement. Uh, absolutely. And, and like I said, that that's, uh, I've always felt like I, I'm a learner. I love reading. I love drawing in information, but, but people like me and, and like you, I suspect him are kind of stuck if you don't have the right degree, you know? So the door I believe is opening wider than ever for, for people that are interested in that, maybe that, uh, self-learning or some of these learning platforms we started talking about. You know, in my mind, this is a, a major announcement. Back in June, uh, Donald Trump actually signed an executive order modernizing the assessment and hiring of federal job candidates, where they're actually shifting from a degree-based criteria to a skills-based criteria. So if the Department of Defense needs a statistician, well, well, previously, they were probably limited to those people that had master's degrees in statistics. Well, now, again, that door is opening up for those, some of those self-taught people to, to come to the table and bring their skills. So now, instead of presenting a degree, a degree, you're now taking an exam, standardized test, to evaluate your knowledge of statistics. So the, the, the lady that graduated from Cornell with her master's degree and the self-taught person who learned on YouTube is sitting right next to her, and they're going to take the same exam, and that's what will qualify them for uh, this position. So the tech companies are doing it. The federal government is doing it, which is huge. I think a lot of 
other types of organizations are going to follow suit, whether it's manufacturing or finance. These other industries and smaller organizations are going to be following suit. So I think the door is opening wider than ever for, for the skills-based um, skills based learning and skills-based qualifications. You know, Ray, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I've always had kind of a love-hate relationship when it comes to uh, certifications. Uh, I Just to give you an example about, mm. I, I'm thinking of the PMP certification, the project management professional certification offered by PMI. Um, I have known people who are brilliant uh, project managers who are just really skilled at project management, but they do not have a PMP uh, a certification and they sometimes have trouble f finding a job. And then there's other people who are PMP uh, certified who I wouldn't trust to organize a trip to the bathroom. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hear what you're saying. You know, I, I also am a, a big fan of certifications. And I guess I guess the advantage of a certification is that it, it has a lower barrier to entry than, say, the full degree. But it, but both, really, uh, uh, whether it's a degree or, or knowledge that you got at a university or a study program for your PNP, they're both providing a foundation. They're not the full answer to, you know, to fill a job or to meet a need in an organization. They're just indicators that a candidate might be successful in the position. So it's tough. I, I really understand it. I, I've leaned a lot toward degrees and, and uh, certifications and this sort of thing when I've hired engineers or supervisors. Uh, the alternative is so tough, though. It's like, how do you assess a candidate otherwise? So if you're the government or a tech company, yes, you can design your own criteria. But for smaller companies, yeah, I, I, I feel for you. It's, it's a little tough to do that. Ray, a, a lot of our uh, a lot of our listeners are have you know they're they're pretty familiar with what's happening in the world of higher education these days. They they may have uh, experienced uh, online uh, learning, online training already. Uh, if they haven't, then their kids probably have. <laughs> sure. uh, but uh, especially with what's happening these days with the p pandemic, are, are 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 you are you seeing a lot more interest in in these kinds of online classes as people are. Uh, becoming more comfortable with this concept of online learning? Oh, absolutely. Yes. You know, the I, I refer a lot to Udemy.com because that's the primary learning platform that I work on. But there's something in the neighborhood, I don't have the current numbers, but probably 25 million people have taken classes on Udemy.com. And, and there's several others from LinkedIn Learning or Udacity or Skillshare. These platforms are growing very quickly. And really, they're getting the attention of universities, too, because why? Of course, they're, I'm not going to say stealing their potential um, customers, but in a sense, now uh, us as consumers of training and education, we have more choices. So anytime you have more choices, well, yes, you know, uh, there's, the, there's going to be some interest there. The the uh, big draw, though, especially for the people you were talking about before that just have a desire to learn, to pick up a specific topics or skills, you know, the learning platforms are pretty low cost. You know, I offer my classes. There's a lot of pricing scenarios that I don't have control over, but basically people pay between 10 and $20 for one of my courses. And compared to a, uh, a similar class, or, or at least a class that teaches comparable topics at a university, my gosh, I mean, 
if you're paying under $500 a credit hour, you're doing pretty good, really. So if you're just looking for a skill set and you, you stumble upon one of these uh, learning platforms, well, absolutely, you know, you're, you're probably going to gravitate that way. And, and the demand has just gone through the roof, uh, not just in the number of students taking these classes, but like I said, the number of platforms is getting bigger and bigger all the time. Ray, we're uh, we're focusing mostly on uh, quality and reliability professionals here with our podcast. Um, I know you offer a wide variety of different courses. Can you tell us a little bit about courses at the uh, at uh, the Manufacturing Academy that would particularly appeal to uh, quality and reliability engineers? Oh, absolutely. You know, the uh, one class uh, that I teach is called an Introduction to Reliability Engineering. I just published that in August of 2019, and I've had over 1,600 students take that class, and I've gotten a ton of positive feedback. I'm looking at my score right now, 4.6 out of 5 stars. I've gotten some fabulous comments and uh, really people asking for more of this type of education, kind of the advanced reliability engineering. But in terms of reliability engineering, that's the only class that I offer. But, you know, being a quality professional, I've been a quality manager since uh, 2000. You know, quality and reliability, as, as your listeners know, are very closely tied together. If you're a reliability professional looking to the extend the life of a product, well, you need to understand the manufacturing, the quality side, at least to minimize those early failures. So I teach a very popular class called process capability analysis. I teach a uh, statistical process control using Microsoft Excel. I teach a cost of quality analysis and reporting class. And actually, I teach uh, a class that I'm going to make an offer to the listeners of Dare to Know called Root Cause Analysis and the 8D Corrective Action Process. If you're working in warranty repair or field failure or even internally as a quality professional, it's so critical that you have tools at your disposal to understand what happened, why did it happen, and how are we going to prevent this from happening again. So in this class called Root Cause Analysis and the AD Corrective Action Process, I, I teach not just the, uh, the fundamental skills of root cause analysis, but I offer some really solid strategies for correcting and eliminating defects in your manufacturing process. So I talk about and-on, and I talk a lot about statistics and interpreting control charts, and I talk about um, uh, polka yokes and other strategies. It's the class itself is over nine hours long, and like I said, I, I'm I the sale price is something in the I think the full retail price is like seventy four ninety nine. I am going to offer a coupon code for listeners of this Dare to Know podcast episode. They can get that class for $16.99. If they'd like to sign up for it, you get the, the class, of course, the nine and a half hours of video. You get lifetime access to the course. So if you're maybe you're not ready right now to dedicate some time to the class, it's okay. Once you sign up, you're, you're eligible for life. Five years from now, you can come back, brush up on the course. And really, the thing that I try to offer these students is me. Uh, you know, I, the, any student that signs up for my class has direct access. They can message me through udemy.com. And I try to get back to everybody within 24 hours. And I'll tell you what, Tim, that's been one of the great joys for me in teaching these classes. Uh, I've taught 
you know, again, over 11,000 students from 120 nations. I hear from people around the world all the time. And sometimes it's just a comment, a question, of course. And, and, but I've, I've uh, forged some friendships and I've heard from really brilliant people from all sorts of industries and professions. It's been a great delight of mine to work with and, and interact with these people. So, so anyway, I just wanted to make that class available, Root Cause Analysis and the 8D Corrective Action Process. Uh, I have a coupon code. It's dare to know, all one word, lowercase. And you can get that class. Normally, it's $74.99. With the dare to know coupon code, it's only $16.99. Wow, Ray, that's a great offer. Thanks so much for making that available to our listeners. Of course. Ray, um, any other, uh, uh, how can listeners reach out to you? How can they find you if uh, they want to learn more about your work at the Manufacturing Academy? Oh, sure. And uh, the, so obviously through Udemy is a great way to get a hold of me. But if you just want to touch base, uh, I'm available through my website, www.themanufacturingacademy.com. And there's a contact link on my website. And uh, also through LinkedIn, that's probably the, the, the social network that I use the most. So uh, through LinkedIn, if you search for me, Ray Harkins, uh, you'll find me pretty quickly. And I'd love to hear from listeners. Uh, again, it's been one of my great pleasures to connect with professionals around the world. If I can ever be of service or help, um, I'd, I'd be glad to. Ray, this has been great. Thanks so much for being with us today. Well, thank you, Tim. That was Ray Harkins, Quality and Technical Manager and Online Educator at the Manufacturing Academy. Again, to learn more about the Manufacturing Academy, go to their site. That's www.themanufacturingacademy.com. That's all one word, themanufacturingacademy.com. This is Tim Rogers. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you.